You're listening to The Spirit Hunters on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Find out how to join our new Discord group and support the show at patreon.com backslash spirithunterpod. Is that, is that a backslash? That's a forwards. That's a forwards. Fuck, fuck. Slashes. Let's just leave it. <laughs> okay. Kropika is now drowning. And welcome to Season 2, Episode 34 of The Spirit Hunters. This is Patrick. Joe. Sarah and Megan. <laughs> Last time, we watched Gon and Killua make their great escape from the Phantom Troops' secret base and took a history lesson in Nostradamus, the supposed French fortune teller, like like Madame Cleo or Miss Cleo. This week, we'll watch a similarly named fortune teller make her own great escape and see what happens to city traffic when a bunch of spiders and mobsters battle it out in the streets of York, New City. My favorite album by Killer Queen. I was going to say, Daredevil get... Season 6 seems great. Hell yeah. You better get red E. Nice. So, first we're covering episode 51, A Brutal Battlefield, a.k.a. Hijo no Senjo. Originally released in Japan on October 14th, 2012, the equivalent manga chapters are 94 through 97 and were released in Japan on March 2nd, 2001. The equivalent 1999 apps are 60 and 61, which were released in Japan on March 10th, 2001. Okay, can we talk about how this was apparently eight days later? I, I don't know whether this is accurate. It's what it says in like all the Hunter Hunter wikis and stuff. But I'm wondering if this was actually the release for the Tankobon for the manga rather than the actual like chapter. Because otherwise, this is cutting it insanely close. It might it might have been similar like side to side because sometimes animes do that like it's like to got it's like I just imagine knocking the door oh crap we got to get the script what happens this week we don't have the chapter uh, so so that does Gone happen do things that does happen but this is so close that like production would have had to have been going a while ago to the point where like I'm pretty sure this is a Tonko Bone release and they haven't been accurately keeping this but I don't know someone who looks at the wiki more closely than me check it out how would yeah. Um, you know what? Never mind. I retract. I completely forgot what I was saying. So continue on. <laughs> All right. All right. So with the episode, it starts out with Neon. She is shopping till she drops. Well, I guess technically it would be more like her bodyguards who she made into her bag holders. <laughs> um, she beast of burden. <laughs> the beast of burden. It's a, and it's basically poor Melody and Basho who have to hold the bags. <laughs> hey, they got that strength. That's true. I mean, I do that's like, what. I, yeah, I do like how cute the ladies are there. The the two uh, guard people. Uh, what's the 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 what's the the kimono ladies? Oh, uh, one of them's Lisa. Is that one of them? Lisa, Lisa. Yep. I don't remember their names off the top of my head, and I only really remember it when something happens with one of their boyfriends later. Eliza, Eliza, Eliza. Yeah, that's Eliza. it. Eliza Spinelli. Spinelli. Yeah, that's Thornberry. It. Yep. <laughs> um, all that shopping, and Neon has to use a little psychic's room, um, so she goes, and no one actually goes in with her, um, despite her being a very important person. And it makes me kind of question the logic behind it. Or if she just happens to use like one of those solo bathrooms so no one can go can go in with her. 
It looks like it was a group bathroom, like in the airports, because she wa- uh, she walks out with a group of other people. I guess spoilers. Yeah, I... But that just I mean, makes the I, question how this all happened. Yeah, like, why would they even let... She's like, oh, no, it's cool. And then the, Eliza's like, yeah, that's fine. And then Melody and Basho aren't, like, insistent that Melody goes or whatever. Yeah. They're like, just, it's bad bodyguarding. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. so while she goes to the bathroom, Melody and Basho just kind of talking about their lies about what they're going to do after this job. <laughs> Basho was throwing out the worst death flags right now. <laughs> Any type I'm of character totally you don't know die. that well. Oh, sorry, Pat. What? It's like, I'm totally not going to die. I'm going to live past this thing. I'm going to have a happy life life. Yeah, yep, honestly- living sure is good. <laughs> I honestly can't remember which way it goes. Um, but like, <laughs> it'll be good when you find out. <laughs> yeah. But it feels like a death flag. If I've ever seen one, when I get out of here, we're going to do this. <laughs> it's like that cough. It's, it's like, what cough is that? Like, it's nothing serious. Have you seen the SNL skits about like the insane clown posse? Uh, no, but I'm curious now. <laughs> they have one of them. Who's not a real member of insane clown posse named ass Dan. And he's like a recurring character for like five years. And then there's one where they're just like, yeah, we're doing this in memory of Ask Dan. Because in the last skit, they had like him finish a song by being like, I'm going to live forever. And then it just shows the year of his birth and death right after that. <laughs> and actually, actually, that actually reminds me of these, uh, this other SNL skit with, um, it was, uh, who's the guy from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? Alex. Oh, Ask Dan. Yeah, Ask Dan. Yeah. But, uh. What is his name? He does the Trump. He does Trump all the time. Alex. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Yeah, Alec Baldwin. He. It's. It's like him. He has a cough. It's like he coughs. Like, are you okay? It's like, don't worry. It's nothing serious. And it's like dies five days later. And it's like this. The whole skit of people doing that. So that's what it reminds me of. Is that that cough? Oh, it's nothing serious. Don't worry. Dies later. But yeah. Um, yeah. I- yeah. So well. Unannounced to all the bodyguards and servants, Neon actually gives them the slip and she disappears. Um, and there's a note that says that Neon really comes off as like a anti-masker in this episode. Um, she doesn't want this to get the auction despite it being in her best interest. So she's like a it's a neon nostrad. She should be more like a Karen nostrad. Am hey, I right? Am I right? For sure. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it's kind of funny the parallels. It's like I'm gonna go to this auction, even though I could probably get murdered to death there. Let's I'm do gonna it live anyways. forever. <laughs> I'm gonna learn how to ne- play. neon nostrad. I would say she's more like a TikToker. <laughs> oh yeah, because she's so young. She has a hair too. Yeah, because you know it's like. She just wants to party like the world's about to end. YOLO. <laughs> hey. yeah. YOLO. I don't even Bring know. Back YOLO. I don't even know if they say YOLO anymore. They probably say no. something else. It's uh, showing my age. They say sus. I don't know. Sus. Sus, sus sheets. Uh, We're so old. Otters. We sound like any any I any hate people you guys we- right now. <laughs> That, Any teenagers like, that's listening to this, like, gift, like, hey, fellow kids. Yeah. Hey, yeah. fellow kids. God, I need, I need to watch Community again. That that looks so... Or was it Community? No, it, was it Community that was that? I think I it think was. I don't think that's Community. Wait, is oh, it? Oh, no, it, it might have been 30 Rock. It yeah, I feel it's Rock. not Community. Yeah, it's probably 30 Rock. Sorry, guys, I get all those Just shows. Speaking of old shows. <laughs> uh, so, uh, it, the cuts to um, a different scene where... Basically, I call them like 
Sopranos A.U. Krillin. His real name is Zenji, but he gives me like Krillin vibes if he decided to leave the life of fighting to become a mobster. And he's leading this debrief meeting, uh, the Freelance Assassins. So they are a bunch of hitmen and mercs hired by the Tendons to eliminate the Phantom Truth before the auction. Uh, these hitmen and mercs include some familiar faces like Silva and Zeno Zoldic and our boy Karapika. For sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, I think that once the ball guy finishes this, he's going to go uh, have a panic attack, go th- see a therapist, feed ducks, and uh, yeah. Is Oh, that's what happens in Sopranos. Okay, yeah, I was just like, yeah, I don't pretty, understand. Pretty much, pretty much. It's really relatable. And by relatable, I mean not at all. But uh, anyways, uh, I think something that was cool is that uh, when I noticed in the dub that Silva has the same U.S. voice actor as Avdol in the JoJo dub. And uh, covering him, he uh, the Japanese voice of uh, of Silva actually has the the voice of Zin, is does the voice of Zinigata and Lupin, Lupin a complete a complete series in, yeah. in a couple of the different series because oh, like he series, clearly yeah. wasn't there in the seventies. Yeah, he also does Beerus and Gentle Criminal. So I thought that was kind of cool. Gentle Criminal, everyone's favorite YouTube influencer, <laughs> YouTube influencer slash slash borderline creeper. Oh, yeah. And um, so you see that Zenji has a big old hate boner for Light Nose Shod because Light managed to rise um, among the mob ranks um, from a nobody to like a head honcho really quickly. Um, he th- Zenji throws some not so subtle shade and is about to throw some hands um, until Karapika stops him. Um, he only manages to keep his head with a bruised ego because Light tells Karapika to stand down and that they need to leave for the auction. There is such a weird difference between this and what happens in the manga in 99 that we'll get into later. Ooh, interesting. Um, and there's a note. So in the Japanese um, dub, the subtitles that came with it, they referred to Light um light but in the actual audio they referred to it as no shot and we said it might we think it might be kind of like a localization in terms of like formality because typically in japan you don't really use um first names you usually default to the family names out of respect but so in this case, it's interesting because they're not saying Nostrad with an honorific. They're just saying Nostrad. So that is still less formal, which is the equivalent mm-hmm. in the U.S. to referring to someone by their first name. Ah, I see. So it's with everyone referring or just Zenji specifically? Uh, I don't know in this case. Who wrote this note? Uh, me. D- does so only Zenji refer to him this way or do other people as well? I believe it was just... I, I don't remember for I actually for some reason I don't remember him that him his name coming up like Nostrad it that kinda... often but like in the sub for at least for that one it says light while they say Nostrad and the Japanese dub and I think it's it, a but, yeah. oh sorry I think it's a solid translation yeah because mm-hmm. Zenji doesn't like Nostrad right right mm-hmm. or light or whatever so like and he's technically a peer right because they're both mob bosses yeah um right. so for him to say. For him to say Nostrad 
meaning it like politely enough to it's not like he's saying like hey you he's kind of right. just addressing him by name but to say mr nostrad in the american um subtitles it would it wouldn't quite line up right yeah right even though that's kind of what he said yeah i think this is a really good choice yeah so yeah it's very interesting um so on the way to the auction house, Karapaya gets a call from Melody and Basho, um, and they tell them like, uh, "We we we goofed, dude. Neon's gone. Um, Light is understandably worried that his uh, meal ticket, I mean his daughter, is gone. Uh, but Karapaka manages to find out her location using his dowsing chain." So Light orders the police and his guards to stop Neon from going to the auction building. Unfortunately, he kept finding water by mistake, but, you know, amateur's mistake. <laughs> um, but, unfortunately for them, it's too late, because Neon's already at the auction building, and with her is none other than Crollo, who's disguised himself as a bodyguard, and is rocking a somewhat like a Koenma in Exile-esque look. Like almost exactly. This like is an exaggeration. Exactly. So basically, hair down, bent in. What, what was it? Headband. Sweatband thing. up. Yeah, sweatband. <laughs> Suit pants on. Down, pants down, headband. Yeah, pants Did down. Did you just say pants on. down, headband up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the way That's we like to, like to <laughs> escort Neon to the auction. Politely, hey. because she's only 17. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they're, I don't know, it's kind of weird because they're having like a, the whole setting is like a very, in a very dark looking diner and they're like talking about Neon's powers um, and Carla asks Neon to read his fortune. So she does her little fortune thing and gives uh, Carlo the prediction. He reads it and he starts to tear up. Um, basically, it says at home, mourn lost comrades and will get hurt but he will remain strong and find new comrades so uh, we have the well we have like the actual text of it but we'll talk about it later because like the translations are interestingly different so we'll talk about it uh near the end of the episode yeah so it kind of in neon kind of goes into the reasons why she became a fortune teller basically she was inspired by one of those tv psychics who turned out Spoilers wasn't a real psychic, but was actually a con artist. But Uh-oh. she still was inspired to become a fortune teller herself and actually became a legit one. It was actually Reagan. What? From fucking uh from fucking oh. Mob Psycho. From Mob oh. Psycho. Oh. I thought you meant Reagan, Ronald Re- Reagan for a second. Yeah, Ronald I was Reagan. Like, Wait Reagan. a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean you. he's he's pretty much a fake something or another, but we're not getting into the politics of that. But any any, but I do think that was pretty. That I do think Reagan is like Reagan is like amazing. Yeah, I, I shouldn't besmirch uh, Reagan. Don't Reagan besmirch rules. such Anyways, a great person. Continue. <laughs> I did like. Um, a, sorry, I, I just want to point. Out, I did like. I wonder if the. I know it's probably a little bit early, but I wonder if it's referencing uh, Miss Cleo. Um, in some way, I don't think the timeline really makes sense. Just because, like, she we looked into it last time. She only got big in the late '90s, early 2000s, and that would have been too soon for it to really cross the pond and influenced him in the creation. So yeah, it's probably an know. earlier fake medium. 
Yeah, yeah it's it's there, there's a bunch of that. A lot of fake people, fake psychics. So, hmm. have you guys seen the Prestige? As far as fake psychics go. <laughs> Yes, I have seen The Prestige. I've seen it once. I really enjoyed it at the time. I wonder how I would like it now. Is that what it's about? Uh, it's about magicians. Yeah. And oh. both real, well, all fake magicians, except for one guy who does something that it's like, oh shit, this is like not magic anymore. It's sci-fi now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when There's it got a... to that point, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's a good movie. It's a Christopher Nolan, early yeah. Christopher Nolan, if that makes any difference in you wanting to view it. I don't know why this reminded me. I think the book, if there's a book, um, something with a fake magician or, you know what? I don't know why I brought is this up. Is it the part anyway. where you should have read the journal backwards? <laughs> is, is, is it like that movie, Now You See Me, except good? Kind? Mm-mm. Like The Illusionist. <laughs> <laughs> that came out exactly at the same time also about magicians um yeah kind of it's, a, it's well or... now you see me is a little bit this is also fiction nikola tesla's in it technically i think oh i didn't know he started in that movie it's it's very sci-fi at a point interesting anyways uh where are we at so curl his mind's on his fortune um since says that he believes in ghosts and he remembers remembers Uva again. Um, he knocks out Neon and pretends to be concerned and he calls out for help. Um, back in the building security room, there's an assassin. Uh, according to uh, the wiki, it's Assassin A. Ah, uh, classic. Assassin A. He doesn't have an official name and they gave it to They called him that just because there's a lot of significant scenes that happen with him. So he has to have, quote unquote, a name. They should have called him a Sassan. Nope. Anyways. <laughs> so he asked decide. to watch the security tapes, um, and he sees Crollo doing a little choppity chop to you, Neon, <laughs> and, and he's very excited about this development. Like, I think he's a little too excited. He's yeah. definitely playing on a character trope from, like, late 90s Japanese pop culture of, like, the assassin or warrior who's just way too into murder. Yeah, because he's almost dressed very military-esque with down to, like, having, like, the military beret. Yeah. Does he, like, stick yeah. his, like, long, gross tongue out at any point? Like, <laughs> like lick his lips or some shit? He reminds me of, um... Patrick, he reminds me of Rolento. From what? Uh, from, like, old Capcom fighting games. Huh. You know, kind of, yeah. The guy with the police baton who's like a former military guy but is now a mercenary. And I have a feeling that's probably basically this guy's story. Huh. Interesting. And so, finally, Karapikon Light, they reach the auction building. And they go straight to see Neon, who's okay, but she is just, you know, taking a nap. <laughs> no big. Um, Light's still freaked out, and... Karapika tells him that he should leave um, with Neon since the auction will definitely be canceled since this building's going to become a battlefield. Like Battlefield Earth, except good. I don't think I ever watched that. <laughs> Wait, I, di I didn't hear what you said. I said it's like Battlefield Earth, except good. Oh, yeah. I, I saw Battlefield Earth on Sci-Fi on Sci-Fi Channel once back in the day, and it's very... It's one of those things that very much just confirms, oh yeah, Scientology is a sci-fi religion. Dang. That'd be that'd be that'd be really cool if it weren't for all the controversy and murder. Yeah, it's uh it's a train wreck. 
the movie and Scientology. Yeah. Kind of fitting. But anyway, let's continue on. <laughs> and so uh they the scene skips to the assassin A, who's still very hyped. Um he meets Crollo and they fight at the top of the floor of the top floor of the building. And down below them is the Phantom Troop, with the exception of Hisoka. They are going wild as per their boss's instructions, wreaking total bloody havoc on the police and the mafia um, as they approach the cemetery building where the auction will be held. Um, Crollo, he uses his indoor fish on the assassin, which keeps him um, alive, but torn to pieces. Um, kind of like similar to... I got similar vibes to what Krama did to Elder Turkuro um, in the Black I can Chapter. See that. Oof. So, and, and not to mention mm-hmm. the building it takes place in is very similar to where you first see Elder Turkuro's ridiculously fucked up body when Sensui first reveals him. Right. Exactly. So it is kind of one of those things. It is a fate, if a fate worse than death. Um, com- but compared to Elder Chiguro, Assassin A actually gets a little bit lucky, and he actually does die because when the when Carlo opens the windows, the nun fish disappears, and Assassin A has the sweet kiss of death. <laughs> so can I point out what mm-hmm. I've just figured out about Carlo? Mm-hmm. I just realized this is another Jesus connection. How so? Uh, just serving a bunch of fish. Oh. Like miraculously generating fish. I thought you were going to say the guy was in, like nailed onto the wall like a cross. Both pins. Uh, not as much, but like the idea of like, oh yes, it is I. I will teach you to be fishers of men. Turns out Quite it literally. was just man. And now he's <laughs> fucking dead. He he fed he fed the fish to a man instead of the man to the no he fed the man to the fish and the fish to the man yeah why not okay y'all get it <laughs> yeah yeah and so for the final act of the episode it's this very hot um, haunting view of basically everyone dying very violently mostly at the hands of the phantom troop. There's a bunch of like ominous choral music and Crollo reading his fortune. Um, he goes out to the balcony of the floor he's at and he dedicates his requiem of blood and death to Uvugen. And the editing credits um, are replaced by this requiem. So instead of da 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 da, it's just like ho 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 ho. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like the the Caesar death and JoJo, except more violent. Yeah, it's a bit more of an extreme song. Um, additionally, so our friends at Say the X, they just got to the part of Chapter Black where, um, since we stands over the city and like just like looking down with Elder Tuguro's like fucked up mangled body in that fish tank, and like they were just like, "Holy shit, this is the Requiem scene." Pretty much. Too bad they didn't feed him little little flakes though, or talk about that. <laughs> Actually, they did talk about that. They're just like, wait, wait, wait. Do they feed him like the other fish? Do they give him fish food? How is this guy? What is he doing here? <laughs> I like to imagine they give him little fish pellets like, no, no. 
Ah, Mr. Sensui. Ah. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. God damn it. Okay, so there's a note here that I don't understand. I looked at his. I looked at his book, and it said "Bandit Secret." So, oh, as, for some reason, <laughs> fuck uh, you. For, for some reason, the first thing that came up came on the top of my head is "Bandit Bandit's Keythrit." I don't know why. So, is it a? Is it the same book, but it has an America bandana on, and like maybe four star chips or something? Yeah, there's just a bandana wrapped around it, and and then Krillo, If he uses it, Krillo's uh, bandana thing replaced with an American flag, and he gets sunglasses. Nice. Yeah, the bandit Keith bandits Keithrit, and he also cheats at card games. But you know that's that's neither here nor there. But that might come in handy in the future, though. Not going to spoil that, though. God, just imagine putting Pegasus in fucking Greed Island. Anyways, mm, Yugi Boy, Gone Boy. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. There's already a pedophile here. <laughs> there's there's only room for one pedophile, Yugi Boy. It's the highlight of pedophiles. Anyways. Anyways, <laughs> all right, so let's move on to the Hunterpedia. So this week we focus on Finks, an enhancer, strong enough to punch through a body and sometimes dresses like an Egyptian mummy. That is a direct quote from Hunterpedia. That is not a joke. That is literally, they say verbatim. And for some reason, there's a tongue that takes away objects off screen, including gone. I don't okay. know what that's supposed to reference, though. I'm wondering if that's like a Japanese pun or something, because otherwise I have no idea what's going on. Do, do you guys have any a clue? I figured. <laughs> Megan, Sarah, nothing? No. no. <laughs> Honestly, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I did like that. They pointed out that he dresses like an Egyptian mummy, and everyone doesn't really find that weird at all, but whatever. Yeah, I'm really hoping there's some explanation there. Like, I would totally be fine with this, just them, them being like, yeah, when he was a kid, he had a children's book about mummies he got really into, you know, the way kids, like, obsess over something. Or if they're just like, oh, yeah, uh, fucking grave robber, I don't know. Uh, but, like, just, just some explanation just, yeah. would be nice. Maybe he just didn't have a mummy in his life. God damn it. All right. Anyways, let's uh, move on to the best part, which is rate those deaths. I really should get a sound effect for that. Uh, so why don't we start with the lots of deaths that happened of the shit total, the shitload of mafia members that died. So there's a lot of them. Uh, did we want to go through these one by one and rate the deaths, or do we want to like let's rate one all the one. mafia? What? Let's do it one by one. All right, so the first the first one is the guys killed by Machi's string. Okay, there's two groups there, though. There's the ones that she just killed with string, and then there's the ones that she used the dead bodies of to shoot the other guys with. Yeah, it's very confusing. I, I didn't even think of that, so I guess technically it's both of those. So why don't we rate them as one, I yeah, guess? Yeah, I'm going to give it an eight. Pretty badass. Yeah, that was pretty cool. What about you guys? Um... I honestly don't remember, <laughs> but I Machi's a queen, so I'll give it a seven. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a solid eight. Yeah. Any, anyways, sorry, so so guys killed by Phaeton's beheading. Uh, this is cool, but I'm gonna give it a six because this is really standard anime shit. Yeah, standard. Yeah, same, same here. All right, so guys taking control, guys taking control by Shalmark, and and uh, <laughs> so we're going uh, with how this occurred. In the anime, right? Not in yeah. the manga, because the manga it's way lower. Yeah. So so I, I rated it like a, a nine because I thought it was just so funny. The guy's walking out. You can't kill them. They're too strong. Want to see how fucking, strong? And just fucking shoots them all to death. Yeah. Um, 
So I'd give that an eight. Definitely a solid nine. What about you, Sarah? Uh, yeah, I would probably give it around the same rating. Like around a solid eight. I think for most of these deaths, I would give like around an eight because um, they're pretty cool. But honestly, right now I'm trying to remember because I haven't rewatched it in a while. So I don't remember. It, I guess the impact wasn't as strong as like mm. other deaths before. Um, so I'm not sorry. <laughs> no worries. That's so how do you guys enough. feel about uh, Fink spinning people's heads? Because, like, he I hasn't done this to this point funny. yet. This is the first time. Bro, yeah, he looks like weird. he's, um, he, like, grabbed his, like, I don't know. He just, like, he flicked his the flick of the wrist. It was just a flick of the wrist. Yeah, I give this a nine because it's obscenely brutal. And I don't think I've ever seen someone do this en masse before because usually it's done dramatically with someone, like, behind someone and snapping their neck. So oh, this yeah. is fucking en masse. I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah, nine because just because it's so funny, like their heads, like there's like twelve, like four of them, their heads are just spinning in a circle. It's like yeah. okay. He goes one, two, three, four, and then I thought, like, what? What are the rest of his powers? I can't remember anymore. Be- uh, do, being, do you want to know? Because I remember. Is it from? Did, have they revealed it to this point yet? No. Okay, then don't worry about it. Yeah, it's it's very basic. I think yeah. he's an enhancer because, like, in terms of just like his nature and how that power works, it would be a very enhancer power. Okay. His powers are, are dancing like a mummy, like doing the Egyptian walk. Nice. Anyways, uh, all right. So uh, Franklin's Frankfurters firing. Sorry, Franklin's Frankfurters finger bullets. He's already done this, and it's not as dramatic as last time. So I'm giving mm-hmm. this a five. Yeah, same here. It's, I think it's. it's kinda... I'm gonna call it a six, and just because I love that. Um, She's is it her name Shizuku? I can't remember her name. The vacuum yeah. girl. I love that yeah. she's just kind of like hanging out behind him for a bit, like to block the bullets because she knows sh- she can. <laughs> she's okay. just vibing. The combo is cool, so I'll yeah. give the combo like a seven or eight. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about you, Sarah? What do you think about the big fingers? Shooting the fingies. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, maybe around a six too. Like if. if seen it before but this time it wasn't as it's all right <laughs> is i when you said when you said maybe like a six two i was just thinking like please he's at least seven foot four <laughs> <laughs> he'll stop he's gonna step on me anyways uh what about the pakanota's brutal headshot i mean it's pretty basic but down to the point i think i'm gonna give it like a, a six just because it's solid i mean it's nothing nothing too abrasive <sighs> so it's very basic I'm going to give it four just based on she's styling. I think those are fair assessments. Four to five for me, too. Just kind of, it happened, but, you know, it's just kind of to fill in the space. <laughs> yeah, same here. I feel well, she like she's in the had space. cooler moments. She filled in the space in his skull. Hey. <laughs> put, it's more- put, give, give him some little extra lead in his diet. Die. Anyways, uh, what about the bait killed by Bossu's pen? So we're referring to the redheaded assassin who had an axe, or uh, no? This is the guy that was that was used for the bait that uh, that was oh, sitting that in that dude. chair. Well, we didn't yeah. see him die, but that's yeah. I do like this a lot. It's pretty scary. I'm gonna give it an eight. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. Definitely an eight. That was pretty brutal, and I couldn't imagine dying by pens. Imagine the autopsy on that. Died by like 50 ballpoint pins to the body. 
favorite. Yeah, which makes me want to see Crollo doing knife work because it's probably like some intense fucking like Eskrima style knife fighting. You'll probably get your chance later on. Spoilers. Uh, you only you get his like dueling style knife fighting later rather than like what I'm talking about because I'm talking about like fighting multiple people at once type shit. Uh which I guess he does, but not the way that we're talking about. All right, confusing, but uh, I'll I'll go with it. All right, so, uh, what about you guys, uh, Megan and Sarah? I honestly don't remember that one. No, because you don't see him get killed. You just see a guy stabbed in a chair. Oh. Yeah, I think it was good shock value, especially since it was kind of setting up, oh, Crollo's beforehand, you haven't really seen him too much in action. So it's a good way to show, like, he is pretty deadly. This is the reason why he's the leader. I think this is... Actually, I might have underrated this in a certain way, because I think this whole Requiem scene is a big part of the reason that, like, you notice the major tone shift in Hunter Hunter, and you're just like, mm-hmm. why was this ever marketed to kids? This This whole scene is intense, insane. I love this whole scene so much. And I think... 2011 hunter whoever you know decided to put it this way knew that this would be an intense and awesome scene because the way they even do the intros and outros or at least the outro right they don't they don't do it the same way they have been it it, it, like it's dramatic and it's intense and like there's no (laughs) words almost until yeah you weren't here when when i did my impression of it but yeah it's pretty intense okay sorry (laughs) no no don't don't worry don't worry it's a bad impression oh what was the impression uh, you can listen to it, but it was like, oh, oh, oh. oh okay. <laughs> the music. Uh, but yeah. Caesar. All right. So last but not least, why don't we talk about the indoor fish guy? This like is a nine. solid. Yeah. I almost think yeah. this is almost a 10 for me. This honest. is a 10 to this point in the story. Cause it's yeah. definitely the horror of like Krollo's powers. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a 10 for me just cause it's just so brutal. And it's like, the guy's still alive and is just nailed yeah. to the wall with pins. The the only thing that like makes me hesitate about a ten versus a nine is that like we I think I put Uvo at a ten and for consistency's sake, this isn't as good as that. Mm, okay. I think this is a ten I think I just I love the setup. I love that like you think, okay, this is gonna be like a cool fight between a random dude, maybe. Like maybe he's like a character, you know, when you first watch maybe it. Maybe he's you don't like know. a character. Maybe he's like a fully fleshed out character. We'll see more of this random guy. Or like, you know, at least there's gonna be kind of a cool fight that comes with it. And like I don't know, Crollo just destroys him off screen and all you see is this like carnage without blood at first, or like you know what I mean? Like it's just and he's like so twisted in his face. I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I really if, love this one. Yeah. If this was by itself, I would actually really dislike that they had the fight happen off screen. But then mm-hmm. when they have like Kroll have a great on screen fight, it makes it makes it this cool build up instead. Reading yeah. this like week to week would have been real blue balls. It was just like, fuck, why do you do this? But yeah. like, <laughs> if we can see like what happened afterwards. I'm like, this is great. Nice. All right. So um, now that we did, we uh, finished that, uh, do we want to move on to the manga notes? Do it. All right. So the first one is uh, a, a note I have is announcement number two from Tagashi after announcing his child was born. 
Uh, the anime ended in March 2001. Thanks to all those who per- took part in this production. Also, thanks to those who watched the series. A big thanks, but to say everything, other projects are in production. We're doing all we can so that one day you'll see the rest in some form or another. So see you soon. Man, I can't wait for that. I mean, we're going to talk about the OVAs. Uh, I meant like the the other form, the other series. Uh, when he's talking about other productions, he's explicitly talking about the OVAs. I gotcha. All right. So uh, I, I guess I guess the timeline's kind of messed up then. So it ended the same time it was released. That's what I'm saying. I earnestly think that like whoever put those dates in got it wrong, and those were Tunkobon Tunkobon release dates rather than uh, like manga actual week to week release dates. Oh, as in you mean like the the compiled? Uh, yeah, the compiled. So it would have been months later. That that probably makes sense. All right. So uh, one of the first notes I noticed is that for some reason Melody uh, says that she was reading Karapika with her flute. Uh, so I I don't remember I don't remember Melody really cu- doing something like that during the an- the actual 2011 anime at all. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a bad translation of an idiom from Japanese. Maybe. But yeah, it was it was kind of a weird a weird thing. So it's either it's either a bad idiom or her powers changed during it. So yeah, I might have a screenshot of this in the official translation in our Instagram. So I'm gonna briefly peruse that while you go over these notes. Sounds good. Uh, one of them, uh, another one is the brutal the the brutal death of the fish guy, just nailed to the wall with with ballpoint pens and his body like held up by almost nothing. So it's pretty brutal. Uh, and just the pictures of more deaths, so Phaeton cutting off those heads and then uh, Sphinx just snapping those necks. It's pretty brutal looking. Uh, and then, of course, more deaths. So uh, one of the big ones was that we, we brought up was um, was uh, Shalnark. Uh, in, in the example, for, for some reason, uh, when he did his first death, it looks like he was grabbing the guy from behind and shooting the gun versus using his powers. And I think Joe and I discussed earlier that it might be a a holdover for what his real ability is or maybe his ability was not quite established to this point yeah our theory is that togashi didn't know exactly what he was going to do with his powers yet so like he just literally had him like run up behind a dude and hold him while he shot the gun yeah and then of course it had a it had a and then another picture of a of a bosu crying nice chill little little tear going down his, his face yeah, I never um, noticed, but Krolo looks so much young until just now. I don't know why, but he looks so much younger in the manga by comparison to like the 2011 anime. Yes and no. He he does, but there's shots where like when he's looking angry, he looks much more angry in like the manga. Like he looks like like he just aged and something terrible happened to him. Oh, okay. So, so another note. Um, uh, so the Krolo seems to have been stalking, uh, stalking Neon all the way in the airport because it it shows like a picture of, of him with a picture of her in the airport. But I don't know if it, that's exactly Krolo or some guy that gave Krolo the information. So it's it's kind of a kind of an interesting thing. I'd like definitely like to see if they clear if maybe I missed something. Um. Another one is Assassin thinks that Zolik's name is a is a code name, so he thinks, oh, they're just using the the name, just the name, just like a code name to be cool. But 
in reality, he's the real the real deal. And it's kind of funny because Zena was like, "Oh, you can actually you actually call my phone or you know go to my address and I can give you the the actual information." And and their address is like public knowledge. Like, yeah, just call me up. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Um, and one of the things that I don't know if they point out in the anime, but uh, Kropika notices that the Zoldics are on a completely different level, a completely different level than the other assassins, and sort of read their nen. So and it's and that the only, only two are worth anything at all. So A and the Axgara. Yeah, basically, there's three levels of assassins here. There's like ones that he's like, these guys are worthless. The Zoldics were at the top of the pile, and then two guys in the middle, they're like, well, they could maybe be useful, and that's referring to Assassin A and Axgara, who then get completely owned by Krollo. Yeah, and and yeah, even even in that case, it's just that those two are probably just on a different level than all of them in the room, and it's very I, Yeah, evident. I think those two have Nan, and the other guys are just, like, warriors. Just murder people. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um... And uh, in this version, the capital punches Light Nostrad multiple times rather than threatening him. And uh, so, wait, 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 really yeah. quick, let's let's talk about why that's a major difference. So, what Kurapika did in the 2011 is very clearly for a Western audience the idea of stopping the person beating your boss. You would never do that in like the Yakuza. You would let your boss get beaten by a superior and then make a big deal about it if they continued. I did not know that. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, because, like, you're supposed to respect, like, your boss's boss. And, like, to have done what Kurapika did in 2011 is, like, super treasonous. Wait, but isn't, isn't, um, wouldn't Kurapika think that the other guy was, like, less than? Because he's not, uh, he's technically his boss's peer, right? Not his boss. So he's his boss's peer, but I think that it's, it's a pretty big step up. Like, I'm pretty sure that guy's like a capo. Okay. Yeah. So in both the manga and 99, he like lets Zenji get a couple punches in before doing anything. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. He's pretty bloodied and beat up. You can see yeah. his face like all swollen almost. I think that might, might've been a change for Western audience, but now that I think about it, it could have been a change to show that even though Kurapika genuinely does not like his boss or neon or agree with their tactics that he's doing anything he can to get on their side maybe that's true so yeah it's an interesting choice um i think there's maybe a cultural aspect but you're right that could emphasize a a, um strategic aspect to what he's doing yeah but i think it's still what you're saying too like i think it might be i don't know yeah yeah and uh you said and joe pointed out that after like Afterwards, Light gives a I, Giorgio, and Ivana have a dream speech. That's a reference to JoJo where one of the characters in the fifth season who's in the mob basically just keeps on being like, I, Giorno, Giovanna, have a dream. And like Light straight up gives the speech like, I, Light Nostrad, want to take over the mafia and do this. Karapika, you'll be with me, right? And Karapika's like, yeah, sure, whatever. But doesn't he say like, you'll be with me, or not you'll be with me, but like, I'll take over the mafia as long as I use my daughter. <laughs> I mean, yes, but like <laughs> there is very much like a, I have like ambitions and I want to do something great with the mob. And Kurapika's like, yes, this is what we are doing. I am not just parroting you. <laughs> yes, boss. Let's do this. Thank you, boss. All right, and then uh, instead of uh, and when Krolo's with a uh, neon, he said, it said instead of my friends call me boss, Krolo says neon, my friends like my name. 
which is way less cheesy than like my friends even call me boss. Ha ha. Yeah, it's kind of silly. Uh, and then uh, Neon reads a quote attributed to the Galactic Matron. You, do you? Yeah, that's read? that's what they call the psychic that she based herself on. Uh, yeah, the purposes of fortune is to make people happy. My fortunes often have ominous warnings because that way people would make an effort to improve their lives and avoid misfortune. Uh, most of them do, I, I would say. Or they make it worse. It, it depends. <laughs> yep, and then... Uh, and then uh, the guard who's going, and then the guard who's controlled by Sean Arc telling the boss about his daughter doesn't happen. Something similar is not not doesn't appear in the manga as well. Maybe like I said before, maybe the powers were not established at that point because I think because they, he did it twice in the anime when uh, when he called the the team before when they had Ovo, and they did it now when it was with the the boss telling him about the daughter. And I, I'm guessing it's just because the powers weren't established. And then this in the 2012 one, 2011. They want to make sh- make it established that that's what his powers are for the control. So that was kind of weird they left out. I don't know why, but whatever. Uh, the knife guy called Assassin A in the wiki is clearly using Nen. Like, yeah, he just straight up has an aura. Yeah. And then uh turns out the, the taxi driver was a homeless dude from the park Crollo hired. Kind of weird, but whatever. Is that, That's the one that was driving with... That was driving yeah, that with- drove Neon in him. Oh, it's kind of funny because I think he drove Neon in that one. Yeah, in in 2011 he did, and then here it's just like, oh, it's just a homeless guy that I got to do this. That's always yeah, really funny. <laughs> yeah, I like how he just assumed the dude would have a driver's license or know how to drive. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have to worry about cops. I'm just a just a guess. Yeah, he probably Jedi mind tricks or just murders them. Yeah, probably the latter. I don't think he'd want to waste his time with Jedi mind tricks and opening his book up. A good uh, a good smack to the temple is usually a good solution. Or a pen to the neck. Yep, pen to the neck. Or if he just yells, "Welcome to, to Pen Island." <laughs> pen fifteen, baby. Yeah, and he stabs him. They're like, that, "Wait, that, you, you like that joke?" And then he just like stabs him with fifteen pens. He's like, "No, what joke are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> Lol. But um, yep. And the and the manga goes out of its way to show Nobunaga cracking up with the boys in a separate location as the rest of truth start the requiem. I thought that was kind of funny. I actually didn't know what that was at first. Until Joe pointed that out, I thought it was just like a, an just error a weird with the shot. Manga. Yeah, yeah, it was super small though. Yeah, it's just like him being like, "Hey, what's up, kids? <laughs> it's me, your uncle Nobu." It's kind of funny though because it, it 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 I guess it's implying that the that those two events happen at the same exact time. Yeah, so it's kind of weird how they undilate whatever the opposite of dilation time contraction they do time contraction. That works. And then uh, Tankoban explains the creator of Karapika was inspired by the Omu of Nausicaa, and that Melody was inspired by Nausicaa and Yupa, or Ashitaka. So basically, the like he writes a note just being like, oh yeah, you know uh, those inhuman monsters from Nausicaa that are actually like gentle giant caterpillars? That's the inspiration for Karapika. And you know uh, the princess who tames the Omu and saves the day? That was the inspiration for Melody. A. Right, and then the last note is Soka is shown chilling literally above the fray facing one direction. And the next shot of, of Krolo in another place facing the opposite direction. And it's, I guess, it's just ominous foreshadowing, I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you want to do the 99 notes, Mr. Joe? Yep. So in this case, Zeno says to the other assassins, we're not playing a board game as opposed to it's just like a game, which is said in uh, some of the other versions. 
Kurapika emphasizes the manga saying Assassin A and Gara are strong. Like he goes out of his way to be like, those dudes are pretty strong, meaning that them getting their asses handed to them by Krollo is even a bigger deal. Um, Kurapika advocates assassins who, oh yeah, okay, was this discussed in the manga? I think it was, but basically when they're bringing up the idea of teams, Kurapika and a couple other people are like, no, bring like all of us trying to team up together when we've never worked together is a terrible idea. So here Kurapika is like, well, how do we just use random like mook mafiosos like you know just expendable dudes and you can coordinate with them if you want but like you really shouldn't need the support and then assassin a axe gara and the zoltics are like yeah you shouldn't need support and the others are like oh we're fucked um so here kurapika stopped zenji's hand after he let got a couple punches in and then he didn't hold the knife to his throat though he even though he had punched light so this one kind of does halfway between the two where Kurapika stops Zenji from continuing to punish him as opposed to just waiting for it to be over. So uh, this version clarifies the part about Neon and a taxi happened before the meeting up with Krolo. So they just try to like con- make the logistics more clear, but it's like super useless. Like they didn't need to do this. Um, and so in this case, the Fortune's English translation exists here already before. Like, so this, what I'm saying is 99 had the exact same English translation that is officially used in 2011 of Neon's prediction. And this may have been released before the manga, even though the official manga also has the same translation. And I'm wondering what the fuck the rights are to the text of a previous translation when you buy licensing rights for an anime. I think they just have to redo them in that case. Well, except they didn't, because these are all official and they all have literally the same translation. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if this applies, but I know that I was trying to find the old. Maybe this will connect the old dub of Sailor Moon, right? The the mm-hmm. bad Canadian one. I think it's Canadian. I don't. Oh remember. yeah, Ocean Dub. Yeah, the Ocean Dub one. But apparently, we'll never get a re-release of that because when Funimation bought Sailor Moon, they bought the rights to that dub too, and then they recreated their own dubs. So they're not going to ever release the old version, right? I think Viz Viz did Sailor or, Moon dub. Yes, yeah. So Viz Viz bought it. Um. I think that might apply here too. So like since the trans they bought the rights to the thing, I think the translations apply. Or are you saying this is like a fan dub or fan sub? No, these are all official, but they all have the exact same one, even though it was a previous version of the anime that is supposedly entirely unrelated. Oh, oh, and it's the exact same script for the, for the poem. Maybe they got lazy and we're just like, fuck it. That makes the most sense. Isn't is it the same poem in the an, in the manga as well? Yeah, it's maybe the same it's poem like the cop- in the viz release of the manga. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say maybe they just took the the translation of the 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 uh, poem in the manga for both versions. So I'll check, but I would not be surprised if the manga came out after the ninety nine version was dubbed. But That's like, fair regardless, it, it, if if the manga did come out before, then yes, they would both source it from there. In which case, like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But I feel like the order may have been inverted yeah actually mick did you ever end up finding that original dub of sailor moon my vhs tapes oh okay so you you can find any you can you can do youtube but like i have all of the movies in the original dub for vhs and i need to find them find a torrent of it and patrick yeah. probably help you yeah uh uh yeah no torrent I don't know what you mean Joe uh, you mean legal legally bought copy of it 
No, I mean, you're going to go out to a cataract, uh, a.k.a. a bunch of waterfalls, and stand amongst the torrent. That's what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it. They they have Sailor Moon. Uh, uh, the waterfall, the game. In there. Anyways, yeah. so <laughs> back to Hunter Hunter. So this version makes it, ma- takes the subtext and makes it text that Neon is infatuated with Crollo. Makes it much more obvious here. She says, that's the first time I've ever seen a guy cry. Why is my heart beating so fast? Followed up by, I'm so glad we met, because unlike my dad, you don't seem like the kind of guy who would lie to me. <laughs> Big yikes. I mean, bruh, he never does lie to her. I mean, he deceives her about who the fuck he is, and then he, he hits her. I guess. I guess he hit, he abuses her and uh, steals her power. But technically, he never lies. He only tells half-truths. Well, like, because, like, he I tells guess. him her his real name, and then... Oh, I mean, that is true. <laughs> it is a baller move to just be like, I'll tell you my real name in this somewhat public place. <laughs> and she being like, yeah, I don't know who that is. I, a body collector who, who like, loves, like, the torture of humans for my own sake. I feel like she'd know who the Phantom Troop was. <laughs> like, I don't my know. real name is Dapio. What? God damn it. So here, uh, Kurapika finds Neon on the Hunter website as they arrive at the hotel because he basically is just like, I feel I should check the internet. And he goes on the computer and he's like, oh, fuck, Neon's on here now, too. They're figuring out more about us. So they 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 go out of their way to just, um, instead of, like, being informed about stuff by Shalnark's black voice power, like him, like, possessing people and telling them stuff, Kurapika's just like, I'm extremely online. Um. So Shizuku got, got and Frank... laptop in her back pocket? His back pocket? <laughs> Lol. So, you know in 2011 how Shizuku and Franklin busted through the blockade in a car together and then started fucking things up? Yeah. That is explicitly not in the manga and is actually from here. So this is one of the many scenes that 2011 got the idea for from here instead. Nice. So uh, another thing is some mob guys ask Phaeton, will ask if Phaeton is quote unquote the chick from the poster. Uh, take, take, keep in mind, I was watching this in English and this might be an error only in the English version, but this explains why they gave Phaeton a woman's voice in this version. Interesting. Uh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's the case in the Japanese one or not. Probably not, but um, well, they probably gave a woman voice actor, but probably is supposed to be male. In fact, that probably would have led to more confusion because they're like, oh, yeah, we looked up this voice actress. They're a woman. And then it's like, oh, well, the character must be a woman. That's so, fair enough. Did Tugashi, did, I don't think Phaeton have ever talked much about himself at, up to this point. I don't think Phaeton's ever talked much about themselves ever. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a, a mistake that could have happened. Maybe they got confused. Maybe Tugashi was telling him about it and they got confused with another character and thought, oh, Phaeton's a woman as well. Yeah, maybe. So uh, here, Gon and Kilua, in a scene that is definitely not in the manga because it do- doesn't work with anything that happens, call up Leorio to meet with them here before they call up Kurapika. Yeah, that's definitely something that would not happen in the official manga or the anime. Yeah, it, it, it sets up another scene that happens in 99 that is also just like, what are you doing? I mean, I, I know, so I think I've previously said 99 has a real hard-on for Leorio, and this is another one of those instances. <laughs> Yeah, let's involve Leorio in this for no apparent reason. Hey, Leorio, do you want to come over here with your shirt they missed off him. and oiled up? Yeah. Hey, I've heard that you. I heard that you have like a eight pack. Uh, so yeah, I heard you're shredded. Yeah, my friend Leorio. <laughs> I love that skit. 
anyways um yeah so that's about it for this episode uh we'll we'll kind of save thoughts for uh when we get to when we pass the next one for sure sounds good yeah cool cool. sounds good and now a word from our compatriots and benefactors Retrograde Amnesia is a comprehensive podcast where we relive a classic Japanese RPG. Season 1 covers the cult classic Xenogears. In Season 2, we're covering Chrono Cross. Each episode, we take a section of the game and unpack the story, mechanics, music, and themes. And we have an AI companion, the fake net. It'll make sense later. Find Retrograde Amnesia wherever podcasts are found. Come on, guys. We're going to be late for class. Oh, darn. Not on our first day. Don't worry, I pressurized all of our bike tires to optimal PSI for speed. Wow. So we should be able to average 9.6 miles per hour, which should get us to class on time. We, we love, love Podford, Podford University, University for teaching us, for teaching us, teaching us skills. skills. Podford University, iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere you get podcasts. Alright. Episode 52 Assault and Impact. Or Shugeki Zu Shogeki. Originally released in Japan on October 21st, 2012, the equivalent manga chapters are 97, 98, and 99, which were released in Japan on March 2nd, 2001. Happy birthday. Okay, uh, looking at that date, I'm now almost completely convinced that it's just the Tonkobon release because this is the exact same release date as the one above. Yeah, it's definitely the Tonkobon. And the equivalent 99 episodes are 61 and 62, which were released in Japan on March 17th, 2001. RIP the anime, because it ended. <laughs> All right. So in this episode, uh, Gon and Killua are on their way to the auction, but their subway makes an emergency stop. The Phantom Troop are still painting York New City's street, they're painting it black, uh, streets red with mafia police blood. All the havoc they're wreaking causes all travel and transport to stop. Basho and Melody are stuck in traffic. It's so mundane, but it's like just what happens. This is New York on a regular day, so it's <laughs> no different to New York City. Yeah, I half wonder, because like it's also like subways and shit too, which isn't mm-hmm. so much a New York thing. I'm wondering if this is what Japan during the Seiren gas attacks were like or some shit. Oh, so that they just stopped any and all transportation. Yeah, yeah, I'm wondering if it's something like that. Like, it's not a direct, like, it wasn't, like, a intentional thing, but, like, Togashi probably knew what had happened when yeah, something like bad happened. Yeah, that's, like, the memory of, like, what a terrorist attack, how it would be responded to. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, maybe it might have been a 9-11 thing, but I realized this was written way before that. Well, <laughs> it was written a couple months before it. Yeah. I, wait, yeah. I guess way before. It's, yeah, yeah whatever. Well, oh, the manga... because it, like, this must... How big is York do that because of one of this one thing happening, does it that everything stops essentially? Or is it just that the auction and the mafia are so huge that it would they call for this much uh, stuff stoppage. to happen? They, yeah. they mentioned out. the police are in their pockets, so they probably could have just gotten them to stop everyone to make sure that like people doing this wouldn't escape. Uh, but like they also pan out and it looked like it was a couple city blocks of destruction mm-hmm. when um Corolla's looking out into the city at one point and you see like uh I think it's the last episode, but um he's just like ah oh, a symphony and like you see like little lights which are I'm assuming they that's like the clashing of the the titans. Yeah, it's a lot of fire, yeah. like isolated pockets of fire. Yeah, but I'm like not being over several city blocks. 
Huh. I'm not being flippant. I earnestly wonder when 9-11 happened, like what happened with traffic and movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I can tell you about what happened. Wow. Oh. So basically, on 9-11, what happened was pretty much everything was at a goddamn standstill. So the bridges okay. were shut down. Mm-hmm. The trains were shut down. Everything. Like, okay. My aunt was from New York City, and she and she literally couldn't get out of the city for like like eight hours. She was trying to get out because they were worried something else might happen. Uh, yeah, basically, she had to actually get sprayed down, like in in like a in like a, a an isolated area. Like they just literally soaked her with a hose because they weren't sure. And she was like right underneath the buildings around that area. So. Oh, did they think there might have been something in the attack? I mean, technically, they weren't wrong. There was something in the attack, but it was at, not at the fault of the terrorists. There was the yeah, it was the building the itself was carcinogenic. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, but the it was just covered in ash, and they weren't sure. Nobody knew anything at the time. It was just a yeah. giant mess. So this, but everything was shut down. The Brooklyn Battery Tunnel was completely shut down. Everything this response was, is realistic, then. Yeah, it, it was pretty realistic for New York City, so that's why it didn't really, it really, it, it looked accurate to me at least. It's mm. hmm. good historical insight. And then I'm assuming the sarin gas attacks were the same way in Japan in Tokyo. Uh, I don't know off the top of oh, my head okay. for sure. I'm I was guessing that like maybe there might have been, but I'm I do not know. Okay. I mean, they probably stopped the trains though to make sure to they get definitely the, stopped the train. Yeah. That for sure happened, but beyond mm-hmm. that, I don't know. I don't know about traffic. Okay. Yeah, it might have just. I mean, it's probably that in the areas that it it, it happened at, like the stations. Yeah. Probably, well, yeah. But... To, to be fair, Japan doesn't have a good track record. Like, not good track record, but like they're driving. Not everyone. Not a lot of people drove as much as like New York, where mm-hmm. like everyone. It's like half and half, right? Or not half and half, but tons it's of people. Not use half, the it's not half and half in Manhattan, but right. it, if you take the metro area, yeah, it's probably more like half and half. Yeah. Okay. But Kurapika finds the whole sitch majorly sus and wants to hunt down the phantom troop, but Light tells him to protect Neon until the ambulance arrives. Ironically, while Light put him on the assassination assassins team, assass, assassins team, um, he's calling him away for from work. Um, essentially, Light is incredibly selfish, yeah. um, and this is just like one of those ways to show it. Um, you know, he doesn't really care about the mob. He only cares about his own power. And like, he wants the prestige of having Kurapika on the team, but then doesn't really let him do his work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so the red haired assassin encounters Krolo and comments how much of a fight they aren't putting up while collapsing to his death with a pen in his neck. Um, the doctor. I don't know co- what that dude thought he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> Like, do you not see everyone go down around you? Or is it because, like, oh, there's only one dude, it's fine. I know, I think he thought he had struck a death blow on Krollo, but, like, what uh, okay. would make him think that? I... Yeah, I was a little confused at that scene, because it just looked like they were at, like, a isolated hallway. It was like, who did they run into that, like, they didn't look like they encountered any of the fighting down below. Like, what kind of fighting was going on in the building? Oh, like- Krollo was right behind him. Like, they had just done, like, a samurai movie cross. Oh. Yeah, I mis- maybe I misinterpreted Because I thought he was, like, sh- he was just traveling with Krollo. Because they didn't know who he was. Oh, when he thought that... Like, he, he was part of, like, working for, like, the mob. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I misinterpreted yeah, I thought it was like a like because you come in kind of mid sequence, so I thought it was mm-hmm. just like the end of like a 
you know, in samurai movies when they run past each other, I thought basically that had just settled. And then he's like, yeah, I just fucking murdered that guy. And then he dies. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. The doctor comes to look at Neon and is looking pretty sus. Everyone's sus here. But is let, let, it, let in anyways by the mafia. Dad wants Kurapika to stay, but he wants to fight. Cut to the mafia sweating a bit, a bit hearing, sweating a bit hearing the commotion outside. Gon and Killua call Kurapika, who answer and is shocked to hear that they have been captured by the troop. He tells them to butt out of butt out of this and the troop's business. Killua takes this very badly and tells Kurapika to literally go fuck himself if he's not going to respect <laughs> them as equals and as friends. Kurapika says he'll call them back. <laughs> I thought this moment was so cute with Killua. Like, usually you only see that Killua cares about Gon, but like, it seems like he really cares about Kurapika too. Yeah, for sure. I think it's half and half. Like, I think he really does care about Kurapika, but I also think there's a little bit of him being like, don't fucking underestimate us because, like, he, he has that aura about him. Like, he regularly oh, yeah. gets annoyed at people underestimating him. It's like, That's I'm literally true. an assassin, so. <laughs> you're working with my dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my like, entire you're, you're just, like, five years older than us. You're still a teenager, so fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a teenager. I'm 18 years Wait, old. Are Kurapika and and Leorio the same age? No, Kurapika I think is 17. The boys are 12, and Leorio is 19. Okay, okay, all right. You guys, I mean, like I get it. The boys, uh, Gordon Kill, are intensely strong and really admirable. But like, I'm thinking in real life. Like, did I ever hang out with like a 12 year old? Like in my spare time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, nor, I, the only time when I was like it's 17 that I hang out with like someone who's young as 12 is like my cousins. Yeah, exactly. like family. Yeah. But I guess they are family, guys. No. Um, okay, I'm imagining if I had taken some fucking weird like college class while I was in high school and there were two like boy geniuses in it or some shit, like would okay. I have hung out with them? Probably not, but mm-hmm. Maybe during class, like <laughs> yeah, during class. But then, then like when I'm, I don't know, murdering people, I wouldn't be like, "Hey guys, give me a call. Give me a call. Hang out. Let's let's, let's do lunch." Um, welcome to murder. Welcome to murder one hundred and one. How to get away with murder? Um, all right. Cut to the outside, and it's pandemion, pandemonium. <laughs> Please retake that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's pandemonium gone wild. Uh, God wild pandemonium. God, girls gone wild. Shalnark. I'm gonna is- edit in the fucking steel drum music. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> Warning! Warning! This uh, is too spicy for the spirit. Spirit unders. Do you guys remember? Um, it was uh, Spike TV. All of Spike yeah. TV. That was like oh my God. The, a snapshot of the 2000s, like pervy, horny 2000s in a nutshell. They always yeah. played Girls Gone Wild commercials if it got too late. And they had like all these shows were about like being a man and like hot girls in bikinis. <laughs> yeah, I that's definitely my not favorite thing in that, that era. Yeah. It's not- like, oh, you don't like girls? What are you, gay? Yeah, it was a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, it's very weird watching stuff from like that time period. I rewatched original Borat recently. And like, do you guys remember the scene with the frat, bro- the frat brothers? Mm-mm. Not really. No. Recap. 
Oh, so like basically on his way, I think he's in Arizona and he's trying to find his way to California. He ends up going into a bus like or a yeah, a bus with a bunch of frat guys. And they're all very much talking about just like fucking rape, basically. Cool. And cool, like cool. Borat's just like playing into it. And then like me and Samir were watching it and like we were the only people who were old enough to have watched the movie when it came out, like with the people we were watching. And then we were like wow, shit, it is really weird watching this because at the time, both me and Samir, our, our friend Samir, mm-hmm. thought that these guys were assholes, but like, it is crazy how much more of a widespread opinion it is now that these guys were assholes because back then, we, we were just like seen as like too sensitive. Oh yeah, it had been like, yeah. oh, boys will be boys, that's just what it's like being a frat bro, you wouldn't understand you pleb, like, that kind of vibe if you called it out. Now it's like, yeah. oh, yikes, 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 yikes. Yeah, yeah, like, it, it was weird just, like, seeing how much, like, culture has changed since then that these guys would be roundly criticized as terrible. Yeah. Rightfully so, that, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think actually something we watched also has pretty aged pretty poorly, The one of the podcasts we watch. Hmm? Uh, hmm? There's a, the Mega64 podcast that Joe and I watch, and it's aged pretty poorly. There's definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of oh, you're gay jokes. and Oh, oh yeah, and the old stuff. Jokes. I think all of them have kind of gotten all of them have gotten better about it there's the same with a lot of other long-running podcasts like i listen to the comedy button and the guys on it have like basically said like oh yeah i've recently re-listened to some of our really old episodes and i regret a lot of this shit that i said back in the day yeah it's it's more of a that's a bummer like but i think the silver lining if there is any is like they have grown past that and like they understand now that they've been horrible or they made some like it offensive or inappropriate jokes, but now they know like, yo, that's not okay. <laughs> right, exactly. Because um, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of things that we look back and realize like that was super shitty to say. Yeah. <laughs> and now and it's like now I know not to say it again. Yeah, and that's about. I mean, growing. that's they're growing. It's growth. Yeah, that's yeah. being part character of character development, like, guys. Exactly. <laughs> For the world. <laughs> oh man without without going too deep into it another thing that blows my mind about how much attitudes on it have changed since i was a kid was like the acceptability of therapy now like that was just literally not talked about unless you were about to be like committed when you were a kid yeah i know a lot of people i know a lot of people even back in the day it was like a you're getting fired pretty you're getting fired offense if you go to therapy yeah basically or yeah if you openly admit you have something wrong with you like but like I I can't tell you guys where I work, but uh, let me use this as anecdotally, I guess. Someone who was above me openly admitted to me that they have a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I admitted back, but like it was weird to have that dialogue between like a leader, right? Right. It wasn't weird. Like it was uncomfortable weird. It was weird. It was like, oh, we can actually do this now. Like we can – openly talk i wouldn't recommend it to everybody it just depends on your company's culture but like yeah the culture and how safe you personally feel yeah exactly this was unimaginable like 10 years ago exactly Mm -hmm. like you'd be like okay you're blackballed like you you have an issue we can never work with you because you're gonna ruin things because you're not stable or whatever so you know things have changed and i think some things have changed for the better we're growing we're growing guys we're character developing Exactly. The world, we're going, getting closer and closer to being normal human beings. Little so, by little. Back to not normal human beings. Um, oh. Zeno, a not normal human being. Um, oh, actually, I didn't even finish the pandemonium. <laughs> part. 
Yeah. Go so, for it. So uh, cut to outside the Pendemian, gone wild. Shalnerk, <laughs> Shalnerk is shooting everyone with a mafia member. Finks and Phaeton ripping off heads. Machi playing with some puppets. And Franklin fingers, fingies, and Shizuku blows, <laughs> blows, <laughs> blows people away. Um, In the manner of people. Megan's, I guess. <laughs> If you didn't hear this, uh, my try cocaine. Oh, he would not like me selling the story. He doesn't know I do a podcast anyway. Yeah, uh, let's, let's not let's not bring up people. He didn't do cocaine. Is like literally, he did not do cocaine. He didn't Just, do cocaine. That's the funny part. He, he did not to do the cocaine. <laughs> he blew out instead of in. If that gives you any idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah, anyways, <laughs> mistakes happened. Um, while Hisoka stands at a distance enjoying the show, Zeno. Oh, well, we can rate those deaths later. Zeno yeah. stops the mafia demand, mafia's demand for weapons by pointing out that he could kill them all, even with weapons, in no time, and that the invaders are similarly skilled. Um, is this in reference to an AOE power he shows much later? AOE means area of effect, because he has a power oh. later where it's just like, you literally could have killed everyone here, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was watching this episode of Tommy this morning and, uh, Tommy, my fiance, and just in case anyone didn't know that, but, um, he was saying like, yeah, that is kind of dumb for the mafia folk to like, not let them have their weapons. Like, what are they going to do if they come in? Um, but I think I pointed that out too. It was like, bro, they're going to kill him anyway. It <laughs> doesn't really matter. Um, okay. Zeno's N is radically larger than Nobu's is, 300 meters versus 2 meters, which is weird because he's a transmuter while Nobu is an enhancer and therefore one step closer to being an emitter on the next hexagon. So are you saying that Zeno sh- shouldn't be able Zeno to Zeno shouldn't it? be able to have as large of a N as Nobu in general practice, but I guess Nobu really just doesn't practice N because he uses a sword anyways. So why would he, atta- why would he practice having an N larger than two meters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be just that. I mean, Zeno's pretty dope. Like he's just so sh- incredibly old and strong that he's like, Fire. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, but also Silva's a transmuter. Yeah. Apparently all the, uh, apparently all the main heirs of the Zoldic family are transmuters. Cause remember Kilo is as well. Okay, interesting. Um, so here is here it comes, guys. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a trip. It's Zoldic versus the Zoldics versus Crollo. It's a two on one fight. It's not for Crollo. Place your bets, y'all. We say that one more time. Zoldics Zold- out for Crollo. Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway. It's two on one. It's a two on one fight with Crollo against these silver haired grand daddies. Mm, daddy. He even cuts Silva with a Ben's knife. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think they showed it in an episode before. Um, it was kind of like Gone and Keel are checking out the market mm. and they found like this knife that was designed by a serial killer. Oh. Whose name yeah. was Benjamin something. Wow, they well, brought like that this, like, back into this like episode? Chekhov's gun, is that the name of the trope? Yeah, it's Chekhov's oh. gun, Benjamin's knife. Interesting. Franklin's fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Joker's trick. Okay. Riddler's riddle? Is this, am I in the right? <laughs> I don't know, anyway. 
Um, Joker's trick is a Twitter meme. Don't worry. So, so is this a real life in real life? No. Uh, no. Uh, okay. It's just within the show. We think that it's we think it's based on the Bowie knife. Um, because mm. like we looked into it in the time period and like the way it was made, kind of similar to the Bowie knife, but that's about it. Okay. Um, Silva just managed. Silva just manages to stop the poison while Zeno figures out that Crollo's ability is so powerful that he must have at least three to four conditions on it. So he can't use it or steal their abilities this early in the fight. Hence the poison knife. Um, the thing that, but like, I think this is all kind of cool. And like, um, Crollo mentions like, yo, I, that, that could have stopped a whale. <laughs> um, but uh, Silva's relatively fine. It's like he tourniquets his arm with like a, like a shoestring um, and proceeds to use his arm normally. So like, I don't know. <laughs> no, that was I think it's not just that. I think trend. it's also their insane poison resistance. Okay. Wait, it's yeah. his hair? Yeah, that's a hair strand. Yeah, it's a hair. Oh, fudge. I didn't even notice that. Uh, but still, I, I mean, I feel like he didn't even need to do that if if the po- like, if he's I so know. poison resistant. I thought it would be something where... Um, He'd like bite himself and like suck out the poison. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's like they do in the movies when you get bit by a snake and then spit it yeah. out. Like that is someone's fetish for sure. It might yeah. be it might be a, a condition where maybe the, the the poison actually prevents clotting. So maybe he wants to he knows that it does that, so he wants to put that on just in case. I think he mentioned though that it's paralytic. Like he's basically saying it would paralyze a whale. So I think Maybe he wants to minimize the area that would be exposed, even if, like, you know, he's, he's still incredibly resistant. Mm-hmm. No, okay, just in case. Yeah. Cool. All right. Zeno tells Silva to shoot his shot once he locks Crollo down, uh, regardless uh, if he kills him or not. Oh, yeah, cue Hamilton music right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Silva, don't Hamilton. throw away your shot. <laughs> don't. God, nope. Mm-mm. Um, I really want to be in the room where that is happening. The room where it happens? Yeah, yes. the room where that happens. And watch it all burn. Exactly. Yes. Also, there's a spinning floor in here now for some reason. <laughs> and they go two directions. <laughs> Rewind. All right, guys, we can just recap Hamilton later. Watch um, something better, guys. Hunter x Hamilton, yep. Hunter x Hamilton. <laughs> Please compare Hamilton and uh, Hunter. Let's see. Crollo uses his net ability, um, skill hunter, bandit secret, and summons Owl's Fun Fun Cloth. Zeno, I like how in the in the book he has little pictures. Of the- oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's like the old school idea of a Facebook before the website occurred. Yeah, it's a burn book. Yeah, it's a bingo book, Naruto style. <laughs> It's like, when did he take this picture of, uh, of, of what's his name? Owl, anyway, like while he was Maybe being tortured. Maybe he prints them off the internet. I don't yeah. know. Oh, that makes sense. Copy, like, <laughs> it's a bad jigsaw. <laughs> Imagine him, like, his, his hobby scrapbooking. So he's like, like, gluing it down in his room, like, with his, like, kicking his feet back on his bed. He probably has one of, like, the non fighting phantom troop members have, like, a Polaroid with them at all times. He's like, yo, <laughs> take a picture of that right now. <laughs> like the juju juju everything he's just like i'm yeah. just gonna document things for fun <laughs> he's like yeah polar has been out of business for a while so we gotta we gotta duplicate this shit <laughs> okay um Zeno thinks to himself he should keep his distance while figuring out Crow's ability and then says psych in his inner monologue and declares that the, that's the only that's only what he'd do if he was an ordinary person can we Zeno- talk about how he says psych to himself <laughs> 
<laughs> Does he really say psych? No, 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 no. But it's all in his head. So oh. he's like, or at least that's what I'd think if I was an <laughs> idiot. And it's just like, who are you addressing this to? <laughs> in your universe, no one's listening to you. <laughs> like... Maybe he's trying to address Maluki. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> he's trying Anyways. to address Maluki, Billy. At least I'm not an idiot like that fat kid. <laughs> God damn it. Zeno's fat shaming. Anyways. (laughs) His own grandson. Zeno thinks to himself, oh, wait, nope. Zeno's powers up and attacks Krolo with his dragon head. Oh, God, I can't. I don't worry. I looked this up in Chinese. It is not a proper Chinese phrase. So the the fact that they translated to Chinese is like weird. We'll talk about it, but it's kind of problematic. Okay. So it says Long Tao Ji Hua. That's close him. enough. Okay, we didn't cool. put the tone, so don't worry. <laughs> Great. I don't. My voice only goes one mono. There's no other I, tone. I only, <laughs> I only recognized long, which is dragon. Everything okay. else was kind of new to me. Okay, cool. So it's like made up Chinese words. Well, the Chinese words are real. real the characters are real, but then like the way that they combine together. is super wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like when you get a tattoo of a language you don't understand. Yeah. Um, Zeno pins Krolo down with a little aura, aura, aura. Hmm? Like here, here, here? Or look, look, look. No, like uh, in uh, some fighting anime, they say aura, 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 aura. Yeah, he got all all fired up. Wow. I I don't know, was he punching him? Or I just, it looked like he was just like pinning him down and like attacking him somehow i couldn't tell if it was like it looked like hand stabs like it, yeah. it looked like hand stabs and I, it's something that like if i was to give a sound to it it wouldn't be aura it'd be uh-huh. i guess you could say he was was shock yep <laughs> God. um and silva drops two big spirit balls on them really though like <laughs> he spirit energies that shit and then bombs away episode Zoldic is out here balling <laughs> balling he see me rolling um episode ends yard. with the huh he was going to white and nerdy ah got it episode ends with the narrator commenting on how kurpika had no idea that the shock waves causes that shock that the shock waves causes caused by silva's attack would lead to an unexpected development um dub and sub difference is that Krolo comments his attacks have improved versus he's physically stronger. Oh, sorry. Silva comments this about Krolo. Oh, basically. Oh, okay. In the dub, he says his attacks have improved while in the sub, he's like, he's physically stronger. Interesting. <laughs> just like, these are both like whatever. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, last note here is two big balls. Um, so, so the uh, <laughs> before I get into the Hunterpedia... Let, do you want to rate those deaths real quick? Uh, let's rate the deaths after the we end? talk about 99 okay. and, the, and the manga. Perfect. All right. So Hunterpedia, Shardnark, ability places an antenna on a target and controls them via cell phone. Both Gon and Killua are turned into puppets and use their black voice. Uh, yeah, me and Tommy like, like heard this and we were like, <laughs> what? Like, and I looked, we didn't understand. I was like, is that like the name of that move or like... <laughs> Like, yeah, Shelnar just puts on you know verbal blackface when he when he controls people. It's very weird. It's very um, very strange. They do a robot, by the way, just in case you miss the Hunterpedia. It's not like I don't think it's racist. It's just no, no. I think I so. Black 
I have to do some research into this, but I think, I'm not sure, I think this is in reference to the idea of how the devil speaks to someone to tempt them is, quote-unquote, the quiet black voice, but I don't need to look that up. Okay. It would make sense, more religious analogies, for sure. Yeah, and I don't think Togashi was thinking, like, yes, he tries to speak in A-A-V-E and is bad at it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it kind of makes more sense when you, like, see Shalnark's, like, like materials and stuff, it looks like a little devil or like a little bat yeah. demon type, like little needle devil. Ooh, the demon. demon was in your cell phone all along. Ooh. Hey. Speaking of which, Jesus Christ, Patrick, this is the worst screenshot anyone's ever made. All right, so I guess we'll move on to the manga notes. Uh, they uh, Sean Lark was using his cell phone to control something. After he died, he uh, did a little browsing on uh, on what was it? Eight, uh, Hentai Haven. Yeah. And found some interesting You're manga. a devil. What? You're a devil for what you've yeah. done here. It's, hopefully no one else in this in this uh, cast notices that, but it's fair enough. All right, so anyway, yeah, for the real screenshot it's just him uh him controlling a game like a little doom game with the guy with the guy shooting everybody and then it goes out and the guy head get and the guy uh, gets shot in the head. It's like, "Oh man, my game's done." Can we talk about how his cell phone has a devil tail? Dude, he he's gotten he he's all about those phone ch- phone charms, my dude. It rules. I need a phone case like that. Send it to me, please. But anyways, yeah, uh the cell phone, yeah, I've done it with Dumas game. Uh it said Black Black Voice Mobile Fate Director, what the fuck? Yeah, when they show the kanji and kana for it, it's like Black Voice Mobile Fate Director. My favorite, like I think Black uh, Voice is written in Kana, and then Mobile Fate Director is written in Kanji. Yeah, that's that's my favorite uh, wad of Doom. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Zeno mentions he needs only sixty-seven seconds to emily- eliminate everyone in the room with Silva, compared to the six seconds that he said he can eliminate everyone in the room by himself and the uh, anime. I wonder if that's a bad translation. It's supposed to be six to seven. Six like six point two seven. No, like six or seven. Oh, like he was estimating. Yeah, well, yeah. M- what maybe. is that? Is that like I think the word for about is like dona gurai. So like, you he would have verbally like it's a it's a full phrase I think when you say like yeah. from one to another. So the thing that like confuses me is because like in order for this confusion to have occurred, he'd have to say six ten seven or six like six and then whatever the word for or is seven. Because the ten is a multiplier in this in this case. Yeah. Yeah, it makes more sense. It would say six to seven seconds. So yeah. I don't know why they put. Maybe that. they just forgot. They could have a literal typo. Like they forgot to put the dash in. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. It could also have been that. Yeah. They, so in I have head, a, they got it. I have a note here that I'm going to read out because it's a weird linguistic note. So when they do his power, like dragon head, long toe, shi hua. The hiragana next to it says Doregun Hedo. So yeah, that part's that, the dragon head. Yeah. It's like Sorry. a loan words. No, I was just about to chime in too, because like that's weird that they did the Chinese then. Like really weird. <laughs> yeah, here's where it gets even weirder. Cause at first I was like, oh, maybe the like the I checked that because I was just like, oh, maybe the kana there is for an approximation of Chinese, but it turns out no, it's not. They just did a really bad reading of the characters into Mandarin, which is a problem because it doesn't actually make sense 
because uh, the kanji is dragon head caricature in Japanese, which is what it's supposed to be. Like the idea of like the form of a dragon, like the form of a dragon head. In Chinese, it's leader or faucet drama, uh, which basically indicates this was just done to keep Zeno as real Chinese. Uh, apparently, one of the rarer definitions for the first two characters, which is Long To, which literally means dragon head, can mean faucet, but it more commonly doesn't mean dragon head. It means leader because the dragon head was like the person who passed the imperial exam back in the day at the head of his class. And the other part is play painting, which is meaningless in Chinese. And the, um, the equivalent in Chinese for caricature is manhua, which uses the same last character, but when translating to Japanese is manga. And it's exactly what you're thinking it is. Interesting. So it should have been like effectively like dragon head manga instead of what it is. Or just dragon manga. It kind of makes sense because the dragon kind of looks like it's like drawn and animated in a way. Yeah, but manga manga has an older definition that predates comics. Like it used to be, it used to basically just mean sketches or caricature. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like for instance, there was a medieval artist from the 1600s who made an entire collection of paintings called the manga yeah so that's it for that so 99 these are real short in this version leorio is with gon and kilua talking with kurapika on the phone he shows a statue of a screaming woman right after a flashback to nobunaga's tears i'm not exactly sure why i mean i get, I get it for effect it just looks kind of goofy um the depiction of Shalnar killing the dudes here with Black Voice is a 90s cell phone game instead of like the first person shooter. So it's like, it looks like an Atari game. It's like effectively Space Invaders. Um, and in this version, the pens in the neck are drawn incredibly small. So you barely see them probably because they're like, oh, we don't want to make this more obvious to censors that like these dudes are getting stabbed in the most brutal way possible. Yikes. So, now, that brings us to our segment again. Rate those deaths! I think we just we just sung two different game show themes. <laughs> I don't know, that was the horns like from like every DJ from like the 90s and 2000s. Like, bah, 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 bah. Oh, I thought that was like <laughs> Blue from fucking Blue's Clues. Oh, oh. Yes. Or, or wait, is that face? That was, I don't that's fuck, face. fuck it. That's fucking face. face. Face? I fucking hate face. Actually, Mega64 brought that up, funny enough, how much they fucking hated face. Oh, the real Toshihua. <laughs> fucking the real uh, head caricature. Exactly. The zombie. Zombie nation head. Yes. So, the first one, the first death we'll rate is the penmanship assassin kill. Um... I thought we rated this guy in the last episode. Oh, I don't know. I, I must have left him by mistake. You can just delete that. My bad. Cool, cool. Uh, okay, so Shalnark's machine gunner doom level and the death of said doom guy. Um, I think him doing the killing in 2011 and 99 is cool. Uh, well, no, it's cool in all the versions. I think the death of the actual guy he's controlling is fucking great. Yeah, just his head blown, his head blown out. Yeah. Also, just Shalnard being like, oh, man, my game's over. It's real sociopath shit. Yeah. <laughs> you should have uh, learned some speedrunning techniques. It's always, <laughs> it's always the baby faces you gotta watch out for. 
But yeah, definitely a nine for me. Yeah, I'd give it. I'd give it an eight. Uh, I'll give it a nine. I'll give it. I'll think. I'll, I think I'm gonna give it an eight, just because it didn't stick with me as like as much as some of the others. Yeah, if it was just the dude's head exploding, I'd probably give it a little bit higher. But I think altogether, it's an eight. Mm. Uh, so guys killed by all the. Oh, we already rated all the people dying at the Phantom Troops' hands, basically. Um, There's more, just more deaths, more or less. Did we talk about the one with Hisoka? Or is that in the next episode? Wait, what one with Hisoka? That's the next episode, I think. Oh. oh, okay, okay. I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, he uh, didn't really is... kill many people in this one, but... <laughs> yeah, this is Phone Mafia member. I don't know what that means. Uh, it's uh, that guy talking on the phone, and he's mentioned, oh, there's 2,000 deaths. Oh, I didn't even remember this happened, so I'm giving this a zero. <laughs> All right, zero it is. How do you guys rate, I don't know, the total of 2,000 deaths? Jesus Holy Christ. Holy shit, they that's... did like two-thirds of a 9-11 now that I think about it. That's like 9-11 divided by two. Oh, How no. much of a serotonin gas attack was that? Serotonin. That's serin- not- <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's a lot of people on Twitter begging for a serotonin <laughs> gas attack. We really need a serotonin gas attack right now, but no, not that one. The bad one where like everyone died. Not the happy juice. The bad suck, yes. I, I think there was like, was it, was it like six deaths or something? Uh, yeah, it wasn't that many, but a lot oh. of people had um, nerve issues who were exposed to it. Okay. Like, I don't know why I went, a, oh, yeah. like that's not like, ah, well, what great news. Six people died. But yeah, it's not a big deal. Six people died, you know. You know, I think it was nice, more than know? that, but not much more. Okay, but I'll, still, I'll the, yeah. I'll get the official number. Oh, twelve people died. Sorry. Okay, so so twice as much, but like they were so it was such a small amount that that kind of difference is. I mean, it's very sad for the individuals, but I'm a cold-hearted, statistics sleep, statistics-minded nightmare person. Anyways, yeah. I watched a documentary on that. There's this lady that was literally disabled in a wheelchair because of it. It's actually really fucking sad. Jesus. Do you guys want to watch Grave of the Fireflies one day? I do want to watch Grave of the Fireflies. I've never watched it. I've been meaning to. I watched that for Thanksgiving one year. What the fuck? Sarah. Are you a masochist? Well, yeah, because we were at a cousin's place and they had it and we didn't really realize what it was about. Because it was like years ago. my family. Yeah, and we're like, oh... This isn't like Halloween Castle at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Please leave an Amazon review that just says that. <laughs> I was expecting an uplifting, joyful thing about two siblings, but girl, like the cover is like a boy and a girl looking sad. I and, thought like, it'll in be, rags. I thought like, it'd be kind of like actiony, like Princess Mononoke. But I was like, nope, this is just sad times. Yeah, <laughs> Neverland was supposed to be lo- supposed to be a cool adventure story. Lil. That is okay. kind of a cool so, adventure story. Pro- so uh, we have we have another one here that says another Pen15 killed assassin. I I just took this as a background detail, so I'm going to give this a three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, but it's, uh, uh, yeah, I guess. It's have you guys seen Pen15? Uh, no. I've, I'm in the I've club. It's kind of a weird concept, though. Wait, what? The club? The Pen15 club. Is there a Pen15 club? Wait, Megan, do you only know about it through that show? I've 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 never even seen the show. I just I've only seen commercials. Pen fifteen was like a prank in the nineties and probably earlier, where people would be like, "Hey, you want to join the Pen fifteen club?" And then they just write "penis" on your arm. Oh my god, that vaguely has memories for me, but I don't think that's ever happened to me. I don't know. It's usually guys on guys. Okay, that's fair. I prefer Pen Island, and in, in all honesty, my favorite. Penisland.com. 
Yeah, you know, yes. Pen Island, my favorite game, uh, my favorite arc of, of Hunter Hunter. Yeah. I think it's overrated. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's a little bit too small for me. Or too All short. Right. It's a little bit too short. Should have made it longer. There's limits. Anyways. There's limits. We've hit it. <laughs> yeah. Who's the bummer? Nope. <laughs> Stop right now. We have a we have a (laughs) the master debater. We have a network to be representing, okay, bitches? Like get in line. Okay, 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 okay. Anyways, um yeah, like I I have one more thing about this set of episodes, just the different translations, and then we can just talk about uh the episode. So you guys up for that real quick? No. Oh, oh no, go for it. Okay, so you guys have all heard the official one, you know, the one that goes like forever set, a precious moon is lost. Mm-hmm. The others mourn him with ceremony grand. Um, so I don't think this translation is super good in terms of like literalness, but it's there for the sake. No, hey, hey, could you actually not change the one that's official? Um, so basically, I think this one was written effectively to make it conform to Nostradamus's prophecy style, like because I think they knew what they were doing regarding that. So there's some other translations that exist. So like there's a fan translation from, I think the one that Patrick was reading, or at least like one of the major fan translations that uh, reads differently. So I'll just go through that real quick. Um, The poem goes, part of the precious paper will be lost. The remaining moons will deplore this loss. The orchestra in his bereavement outfit will play his melody when November will be taken away in peace to the heights. What a horrible poem. Sorry. What a horrible poem. Yeah, I'll get into why this is kind of weird. The chrysanthemum will lose leave, uh, will lose leaves and flowers, which will wither falling on the ears of red eyes tainted with blood. But your position will not be questioned even if you lose half your limbs. The intermission of the drama will be amusing. You will be capable of search for new companions. If you go to their meeting, choose East because you will certainly find someone waiting for you. This is also a very bad translation for very different reasons. The other one at least is poetic. Uh, Okay, I'm sorry. I wouldn't describe the official one as bad. It's just non-literal. It is actually a good translation for getting across the idea. This one went the opposite direction and is too literal, keeping Japanese sentence structure and literally translating idioms that don't fucking make any sense in English. Um, This can be demonstrated by, I have a Google Translate next to it, so this one's going to be even fucking weirder but some important calendar is missing the surviving moons will be buried grandly with the melody played by the orchestra of morning clothes <laughs> shimotsuki is carried high and gentle yes chrysanthemum drips down with leaves besides lying on the bloody scarlet eyes still your adventure is unwavering even if your remaining limbs are halved let's enjoy the interlude you may want to find a new companion east is good if you go i'm sure i can meet the waiter <laughs> What? That's pretty funny. Um, but that reminds me, the Shibotsuki is probably what is that November? I forgot yeah, I that it's November. I forgot that the the kanji for um, that's why they use the word moon a lot. The kanji for um, the months is the month. same kanji as the moon. Do you want to know something funny? Yeah. The English word for month is also just moon. Oh, what the fuck? From yeah, what language? Month, uh, well, it's in English if you go far enough back. Oh. Because, like, the ancient Proto-Indo-European word for moon from, like, 5,000 years ago was menot. And, like, English is actually pretty conservative to Proto-Indo-European on, like, English-derived words. 
So you're using the word for month derived from something thousands of years older. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. I'm I had guessing no idea that's like like kind of like a harvest moon, so harvest month. Uh, yeah, there's that. Also, like you know the word menstruation. It's also from the same root word, so it's also month. Red moon. Slack Interesting. Moon. There's a Reddit post. Someone can Google this, but there's a Reddit post or a Facebook. I don't know. But basically, what what's your um, local colloquialism or whatever for your period? And people are writing like the weirdest shit. It's like your red envelope is coming. Like bloody Wait. bandages jesus like it's like the time of the month like we say in the states like oh is it your time of the month um some people I, say, I got that but like red yeah. envelope is like a thing in chinese culture to the point where uh, i'm just oh. like please tell me this one's not from china oh i have no idea i think i made the red envelope thing up i just i couldn't remember any of the colloquialism okay. the... <laughs> it was just like jesus christ i just think they're funny i'm like wait what and like people had to translate like you know, rabbit means this, but like it also means this. So we use like fluffy rabbit as a. <laughs> oh God! I, I think the most disgusting reference I've heard is a marinara stick. I was like, "What the fuck?" A marinara stick. Oh, oh. yeah. Okay, dog boners um, called lip sticking oh. is gross to me too. What? Red rocket. <laughs> red rocket. Term, yeah. yeah, red rocket's the term that I know. Um, but I was going to say, before we get too far from the literal translation, um, I have posted the kanji. Our, thank our sponsors for this podcast. No, Yeah, a fucking, I don't know, loot box or some shit. Um, but uh, I posted the kanji on our Facebook and our Instagram, if you want to search there. Someone who has a better grasp of Japanese can look at it. Um, it's it's interesting because like the literal translation does shed some light on some of the things, some of the meaning that is lost in the interpretive translation, but it also clearly makes it obvious why the interpretive translation made certain decisions just because like they work a lot better with both the setting and also the rhythm. Like for instance, use of entract is in the official translation. That's an obscure word in English. It's, it's from French. Um, and meanwhile, the literal translation could either be intermission or interlude, which are both more correct to the Japanese expression, but they used entract just because it had to fit the uh, syllable count. Yeah. Interesting. And that's that. Uh, anyways, yeah, what did you guys think of this set? I, I love this set, personally. I'm I, super excited. Yeah, I agree for this. I I rewatched this one. Um, this morning and I was like oh fuck I forgot how good it was because <laughs> like sometimes like York New kind of drags on for me sometimes uh, when I rewatch it Heresy. and I'm like but we get to this point I'm like oh right that's why <laughs> like I really like this part and I really liked I like the dramatic tension they did with the the death scenes and how we really do focus mostly like if you think about it like we barely see Kurapika we don't really see Gon Leorio um uh what's his name the, the little white-haired one uh, uh Kilua. <laughs> you know we nice. really we really focused mainly on Krolo and um and Kurapika. his and Kurapika and the rest of the troop and mm. I I fully enjoy that we got to spend more time with the villains because usually villains are only in reference to the the heroes but in this case the villains don't even really know <laughs> Yeah, they don't the know who the fuck are. they are. Yeah, at all. Like and they, they literally don't know. Don't care. Yeah, they interact by chance, at least at yeah. this point. Um, and other than the chain user, who they technically don't even know his name yet, like they don't give a shit. 
Let's call them two chains. Two chains, yeah. Six chains. Four chains? Yeah, I... <laughs> God damn it, guys. I was going to say, I think it's interesting seeing, like, the group that they most influenced in anime culture, like fucking Akatsuki, and how they only exist in reference to heroes basically and how there's almost no scenes of all of them together besides like trying to drain the chakra out of people uh, out of tailed beasts like so it's just like a testament to how live like how alive and well written the phantom troop are by comparison yeah they are we mentioned they're horrible horrible people and like genuine like genocidal beasts but like they were written in such an interesting way where like lots of people love them. And I mean, like I love them as villains, but you know, you know, actually a character actually brings it up later on in another series, how uh, in the same series, how that, that the the concept of evil and is kind of nonsensical because the person that mentioned it killed a shit ton of people, but the people that they're judging also killed a shit ton of people. So they don't have any right to judge and what makes the death worse than, you know, what they've done, you know? I th- I think Hunter Hunter has like a really weird relationship with like traditional ideas of good and evil. I don't think they're trying to say the Phantom Trooper blameless though. I do think they like criticize them pretty heavily, but they're like, yeah, them killing the mafia is probably all right because the mafia is pretty terrible. They're just like the evil that you know, quote unquote. So that's right. why in terms of like um, how they're seen, they're seen as more institutional and more okay, even though they're probably just as bad as the Phantom Troop. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting concept. We're mourning the death of all these mafia members when they probably did a lot worse to people. Oh, yeah. well, we're not really mourning the death of the mafia we're members. <laughs> we, we we are. I'm mean, like, shocked about it. I guess. I don't yeah, know, it's more. Ba- I mean, bad? huh? I, no, I don't think being shocked bad? is bad, man. I don't think yeah. doing anything is necessarily bad. It's just I don't think the rest of us are really mourning them so much as like, oh fuck, a lot's happening. Yeah, yeah no, that's what I'm. That's more what I meant. Just like it's like kind of like uh, you kind of feel bad, I guess. Um, I I could see that. I mean, like, obviously the Phantom Troop, I'm really more thinking about the deaths in relation to Kurapika's family and, like, what they do for, like, the hit, like, the money. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, like, the Zoldics, right? We love the Zoldics. Like, Zeno and Silver are pretty solid. We love Killua. And, I mean, Killua mentions it in, like, the first arc, I think. He's like, yo, I'm an assassin. I've killed – oh, he mentions it, too. Oh, wait. Hold on. Am Am I spoiling this? Uh, I don't know what you're about to say, but he does mention that he's killed a bunch of people back in the past. Yeah, he's killed a bunch of people. Like, so are you gonna? Is that what you're talking about, Patrick? Yeah, no, it's it's a it's that part in Greed Island. Oh, is that Greed Island already? Oops, never mind. Um, I don't remember yeah. what you're talking about, but whatever. <laughs> if yeah, you understand the, what I'm talking about, uh, but yeah, I no, I, I think that the concept of the, the concept's kind of interesting because we like the Zoldics, but I mean, they probably killed people just as worse as the worse, if not worse, than the Phantom Troop. Because I yeah. mean, all they take is money. They don't have any discrimination if they get paid. Mm, they actually do. You haven't yeah. gotten to a part in the Chimera Ant arc where they talk about being disgusted with certain tasks, and yeah. like if they had I known about you. it, would not have done it. Yeah. So, like, I mean, but the Zoldics are purely assassins, whereas um, the Phantom Troops are actually bandits, right? Like they're thieves. Yeah. Like they yeah, they, get, they take things um, for themselves. Yeah, the main they objective is the really murdering versus the Zoldics, where literally the objective is to murder people. Yeah. But like, it's one of those, like, which is worse? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what's I'm, interesting about it. Oh, sorry, man. Go ahead. I was saying that's what's just so interesting about it is just that the, the idea of there really isn't any good and evil. It's just killers killing killings. Killing is killers killing killers, killing killers. I, I don't think that. 
Hunter Hunter's position is that there's no good and evil. I think yeah. it's more that you have to figure it out on your own rather than there being a transcendental one. Well, you it's know, more... I wasn't say- I wasn't saying that there wasn't good. And evil. I just like the idea that it's like there's like there's like you know there's not necessarily evil. I guess there's mm. not an obvious evil. Is that what yeah, you're saying? That's an, yeah, that's something you it's have, 50 to, shades you have to do of gray. moral calculus yourself. <laughs> except less, except less weird stuff. Um, Actually, probably about the same weird amount of weird stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, another thing I was going to bring up is um, I earnestly think that uh, Silva and Zeno versus Krollo is the most underrated fight in the entire series. Yeah, it is. Yeah, when he brought that dragon, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's ludicrously good. Um, like the level of like analytical dialogue and strategy going on and think- like just. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no. Continue. I was going to say and the determination and like, you know, the idea of it playing into like the question of the assassin's craft, et cetera, is like really cool. I think the only thing that bugs me about, and like it's a minor like nitpick, right? Um, about that fight is that Krolo admits that these two have killed one of his troop members, right? But he doesn't seem to care too much. Like he doesn't even take the fight a hundred. Wait, hold on. We're not there yet. Never mind. Yeah, you we're not there out. yet. But, but that being, <laughs> that being said, that being said, um, I think Krollo doesn't care as much about the thing that you just mentioned as others do. Cause like, remember in the manga, he's straight up like, Hey man, what if uh, Kurapika just joins us? I'm down with that. And the others are like, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, to be honest, uh, uh, speaking of me, I think that he actually did brought up that, that he did that because Silva did kill a, a member in the past. Cause they said that in the early episode. So I think that's not really spoilers though. No, she's talking about something else that, uh, Krollo says right after in after the episode cut that we just did. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say yeah because I mean it's not really uh, I, I he just come off as not really bitter about that like with like with even after like they they thought that uh, that um, Gon and Killer were with the were with the 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 chain the chain user he wanted them to join the Phantom Troop. It's like uh, it's kind of weird. Well, Nobunaga yeah, think... wanted him to join the Phantom Troop. That's what I meant, Nobunaga. Oh, okay, sorry. yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't. I, Krollo sticks to his ideals. Like I, they've mentioned this before. Like the head can live on without the the, the legs or the legs. They yeah. also are like the body can live without the head, and it's just like none of this works. None that's of this. That's not works. how. That's not how spiders are formed. I think you should have picked a different bug if you're going to use this analogy. But whatever. You've never seen a spider, have you? Have you tried it with a spider? It doesn't work. Uh, but Sarah, what did you think about these episodes? Yeah, I love these episodes a lot. Uh, it really did feel like. The tone of the series changed, especially with the last uh, few minutes of episode fifty-one. As soon as the core, as the you could hear the choir, I was like, "Oh shit, shit's gonna go down." <laughs> the choir comes in; it's intense. <laughs> exactly when you when you hear like a a vaguely Catholic chorus number show up, and they it sounds like something in a cathedral. You know that. Things are about to get serious. <laughs> or you're gonna fight a demon souls boss. Or it's uh <laughs> what's that one movie where Colin Firth kills everyone in a in a church? Philadelphia. I, uh it's a spy movie. He just murders all these churchgoers. It's Colin Firth, I don't know his name. One of the British Is that dudes. Equilibri- equilibrium? No. Colin, uh, it's in a church, it's a terror he got. I think Names. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't think I it's Colin. Is it Colin Firth? 
Or is it Colin? Is it Colin I Farrell? always mix. I get those Farrell? two mixed up. No, I, don't, I don't know. No, no, is it no, sorry. Is about Kingsman? Kingsman, yeah. Oh, that's what. Oh, when did he, when which which scene was that? Where he murders everyone in the church? Oh, the first I think he could be Colin Firth then. Oh, was he? The, was he the? Was he the villain or something? No, he's. No, I haven't watched that. I must have we watched. So it. I basically, I don't know why she mentioned church. They don't even play Catholic music like that. But like, <laughs> uh. Essentially, the villain, which is um, he has a lisp, but he doesn't really have a lisp in real life. Who who plays um? God damn, this is a rabbit hole. Who plays the guy with the eye patch in the Marvel? Uh, Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Jackson. So Samuel L. Jackson is the villain, and he does it pulls a Charles mark, and he basically controls everyone via their cell phones and just makes them go crazy. So like, oh oh, I know what you're talking they about. They end now. up okay. in a church, and then Colin, I'm assuming Firth or Farrell or one of the. British dudes murders Steve, every Steve Carell, yeah, yeah, Steve Carell, Steve Carell <laughs> murders everyone in this church. So that because of the cell phones, I don't. It makes more sense when you watch the movie. I'm so no sorry. talking on your cell phone in church. <laughs> murder, murder. Yes, but um, yeah, fantastic set of episodes. Uh, I think I mentioned this previously, but this is the final fight of the '99 version, at least as it was shown on TV. So. Will we go over because it it does this veer off completely after or is this the this is the end of the ninety nine series? This is the end of the ninety nine televised episodes. Like there will be one more set of episodes, but it's just like Leorio, Kurapika, Gon, and Kilua hanging out. It's it still lines up. It's canonically correct. But then after that, they're just like, oh fuck, give us a while so we can make some OVAs. So after this, it's OVAs only. Oh, interesting. I wonder what would it feel like to be an anime fan, but not a manga reader, and being like, all right, that's it. Like, there's no nothing got resolved here, <laughs> like I, at all. I mean, this I is around the era of Eva, so they're you, probably used oh, to getting stuff like that. I, I think so. In the '90s, like, yeah, anime you were just allowed to not finish things and like you could defer like questions to manga in a way that you're not allowed to more anymore. And like, that's something I did really like about old anime is that you had to do deep research to really make sense of them, but that wasn't compatible with like mainstream success in the West. So I think a lot of changes with how much more digestible modern anime is, has to do with like the acceptability of quote unquote unfinished stories in the rest of the world. Okay. That's why we have more like anime endings now. More anime endings and more stuff that like fills in all the gaps in the show, as opposed to like having to read a literal novel that someone wrote on the side. Cause like looking at Gundam, like if you go between series, sometimes there's like, there's some pretty important events that happened between these that are only in a Japanese novel. That's not available in any other language. Cool. They can only get a used bookstore in the corner of Japan. Yeah. yeah, basically. I think what I'm finding interesting is now that, um, like the fan demand, I think uh, universally, like with anime at least, um, it has like I think risen essentially. I mean, with the internet, it's easier to access, so like people want it. Um, I like. Have you guys seen Blue Exorcist? I have not. So I want to. The first yeah. season ends in an anime only ending. And then they did, you know, they waited three years for the manga to like kind of finish up a little. And what they did was really interesting. Instead of doing like a quote unquote reboot, they did a soft reboot and like they had the ending for the anime, but the first episode of the second season without any explanation went back on track to the original manga. So like they basically cut the last 10 episodes out 
of the first season of Blue Exorcist. And then they just kind of started from that point where they ended in the manga. So like, if you don't know that like there's a split, you're, you'd be so confused because they never mention or go back to like what's not canon. Full Metal Alchemist did the same thing. With Brotherhood? Where uh, they didn't continue, but they basically summarize the beginning of the show and really go through it fast in a way that does a disservice to it mm. because they're like, we know you literally saw the 2003 anime. Like, and that's harmed that's harmed Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood's like reputation going forward because it was originally ultra high rated because everyone who watched it had seen 2003 but now more and more people are getting to anime who never saw 2003 so they're like why is the beginning of this like so like shoddy it's like well it was shoddy because it was a replication of an earlier show so i actually watched brotherhood only i've never seen the original um and i actually didn't notice that much i'll be real honest i think it's <laughs> It's only it's only really an issue in that they like underplay the seriousness of many of the events in the beginning because they're like you already uh, saw an entire show about this. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Yeah. No. It's it's, inter- it's interesting for sure. I watched both. I guess I guess most of 2003 back on Adult Swim, but like I got the be- the base concept because I already knew the show. But that, that's actually a good point. I wonder for actually actually good fan question. I guess fan question segment. If you never watched Full Metal Alchemist 2003, what do you think of Brotherhood and and just how it was paced? <laughs> yes, I'm just asking Megan. Hi. Yep. Yes. Uh, refer back to 30 seconds ago. <laughs> oh shit! No, no. I mean, I'm totally kidding. Stuff, I'm totally kidding. There's stuff that's like in the original and in the manga and in 2003 that like is cut out for time in the later one, where it's just like, oh yeah, if you uh, make a uh, fucking like uh you know philosopher's stones and you accidentally release it into a water supply people just have spontaneous abortions and then they're just like oh fuck it we're gonna take out that entire story arc yeah (laughs) jeez now you're making me want to go back and watch 2003 again it's bad dog like the second half of it is bad but the beginning of it's good yeah i think like i said i'll probably just stop where they where it, it veers off and then just watch brotherhood again that's yeah, the, there's that's no the need to average. watch how they somehow ended up in World War II in like the spin-off movie. <laughs> Do we want to watch the live oh, action yeah. together, Boilers. guys? Let's just watch the live action one, the Japanese live action. I'd be down for watching Bet. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see that dog scene again in live action. I hope that it's done in the goofiest way possible where it's just like someone wearing, what's the name of the dog hero in One Punch Man? Oh, I thought you were going to say, oh, well, let's, um, that Fox FX show where like, he talks to like a he 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 overdoses on drugs and talks to a man in a a dog costume. Oh, in a dog suit. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I didn't even think oh. of that, but those both work. <laughs> kind of like Elizabeth from uh, Gintama. Yeah. Anyway, wildly off the rails. Nobody's watching Gintama. Sorry Welcome about that. back to the Spirit Hunters podcast. <laughs> Gintama cast coming next week. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that about wraps it up, though, with all that off-topic. Did, did uh, anybody want to take us out? I'll do it. Nah, I don't want to do it. That's a lot of reading. I, okay, I, anyway. shall, <laughs> I, I shall do it then. I, I'll do it. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for listening to The Spirit Hunters. Actually, hold on. I hit my mic. Let me read that. Thank you very much for listening to The Spirit Hunters. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just to chat out our Facebook or Twitter at Spirit Hunter Pod. Heads up, we finally did it and started a Patreon. Check us out at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod. Throw us some cash from hosting fees at equipment and join our Patreon-only Discord where we'll be discussing the shit out of Hunter, UU, Gintama, Full Metal Alchemist, and whatever more we want to Double talk Zeta about. Double Zeta Gundam. Double Zeta uh, Gundam, Kingsman, G Gundam. that one live-action movie. Uh, Your dad's ass. Jogger uh, Rico. That, 
that that one hentai that's infamous. I don't remember what the name. It's like one one three five seven whatever. What? Speaking of Discord, that's what the screenshot was earlier. Anyways, yeah. Anyways, speaking of the dis- speaking of the Discord, if you want it but don't have the funds, you can help us another way and give us a written review on Apple Podcast. Send us a link, your Discord username, and enough evidence to connect them both, and we got you. Each review gets a surface to tens of hundreds more people. Also, heads up: today's music intro is made by Studio Mega Ane. Check them out on YouTube, Twitter, and most importantly, iTunes. See you on the other side. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Adios. Uh, two selfies in my friend. So she didn't meet you nowhere. Tada no koto bada kega. Hitotsu toke dashite. Cocoa.